Hello, fellow listeners. Today, I'm interviewing Jesus, a Spaniard who is now living in Spain, but lived most of his life in the UK, uh, working also in the UK. He reached financial independence at the age of 33 through working and saving, and since then has been traveling around the world and is now in Barcelona. We talk about what it's like to reach financial independence as a Spaniard, what's the condition, what are the conditions like in Spain for people who want to save and invest, and some advice to other people who are in Spain and looking to reach financial independence. So, very interesting topic as usual. Enjoy the episode! Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Arminta, and Matias. Hello, Fire Europe listeners. Welcome to another episode. Today, I'm interviewing a friend of mine, Jesus. I met him at a financial independence meetup in Barcelona something like two or three months ago. And it was very cool to meet someone who's already reached financial independence and who has experience living in Spain, working in Spain, and then also in the UK. So obviously he had to come on the podcast and now he's here. Hello, Jesus. Oh, I should say, should I say Jesus or Jesus? No, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Araminda. <laughs> Hello, Jesus. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. <laughs> no problem. We're going to start off a bit about yourself. Could you give us a bit of an introduction of who you are and, and what are you doing at the moment? Okay, who I am? That's a very deep question, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a Spaniard. I, I was born in Salamanca, in a province of, of Spain, this little little place. And I have been moving around like uh, all my life, like uh, changing places for studies and for, for work. Uh, I have worked in, in Spain, in Madrid, also in, in the UK for several years, and as well in, in Brazil. And I studied a uh, computer engineer and work as a IT consultant for for my my whole working uh, life that is, is like around 10 years <laughs> just 10 years i had the opportunity to travel abroad and to work in, in mainly in the uk and thanks to that i could have a, like a quite good salary compared to spain and and this like trigger more my desire for for finance and independence and traveling and stuff like that and well at the moment i'm financially independent or i consider myself financially independent because this is quite a relative thing i quit my job three years ago to travel for 20 months and I returned on, on March last year and, and I have been like trying to, to set up uh, my new lifestyle since, since then, since March last year and well, I choose Barcelona as my place. Now for circumstances, I, I'm, I'm having to move back to Salamanca, but, but I plan to, to return to Barcelona. That's a little briefing about myself. Awesome. Thank you. So today, what, what we're interested in, uh, we obviously interview quite a lot of people in Europe who have reached financial independence. And uh, today I'm, I'm interested in specifically Spain. I'm currently living in Spain. You're Spanish. You're in Spain right now. And Spain has built a bit of a reputation for itself for being bad with bureaucracy and low wages. And although we have an amazing uh, quality of life, you know, uh, food, weather, etc., it's an interesting place to reach financial independence because you would think it would be more of a, a place to retire to than a place to retire in, but or like accumulate to retire in. 
So I'm interested in hearing a bit about what do you think uh, is a situation like in Spain? What do you think? Do you think it's possible? You are in Spain and then in the UK, right? So what is your experience uh, reaching financial independence in Spain? Well, uh, in Spain, there is no culture about this. I, I, I haven't heard about uh, financial independence when I was living in Spain. And the financial education is uh, almost... Uh, non-existent so it's difficult to get to the, these ideas like when, when you are born here and, and you are surrounded from people that is from Spain just from Spain also apart from that it, it's quite difficult to to make it happen because the the salaries are, are not very high and there is very good quality of life but you don't have enough money to save like to, to reach financial independence or to to think by yourself that that is something possible and achievable. So despite that, some people make it happen because of circumstances or, or because they are as well very um, very tough and they they are, have a lot of discipline and and they have like a, a quite good situation or, or they are lacking sometimes. So I have met some some people already that is financial independence purely from Spain and working always in Spain, but it's not an easy task uh, to be honest. I, I don't think it's it's an easy task. As well, there is no like the government and the laws and, and the, um, are not very good for, for this purpose because there is no any incentive for you to save. There is no like any ICE account or there is no accounts that are uh, with no tax for, for savings and, and, the, and the taxes are quite high. So that's also a, a problem when you, you want to save and build a, a wealth to, to retire from here in Spain. So yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's an easy task to make it happen here. Yeah, we're going to get into the details of what exactly Spain offers when saving and investing. But first, from what you're telling me then, it's not easy to reach fire in Spain, but it is doable. It is possible. I think yeah, that's it's, the most it's We have to give and, hope to those. Yeah, yeah. No, and, <laughs> and I know some people that, that have made it happen. So it's possible. You you have good discipline and to and you find a, a job that has high salaries and you are uh, smart enough, you, you can do it. It's going to take longer than mm-hmm. in other uh, countries like UK or the US, but it's possible to do it. So specific to your situation, you studied in, in Spain, in, in Salamanca. Mm. And then can you maybe tell us a bit how many years you were working abroad and how many years you were working in, in Spain, just to give a bit of an idea of how beneficial it was for you to work abroad? Well, I worked in Spain actually just a couple of years. Then I, I moved to the UK and I worked there for a year, then I returned to Spain for some months. And then I went to Brazil for another like eight months and then I work in the UK for another six years. So, well, uh, I didn't save much money during these two years I worked in Spain because I was starting and, and my salary was very low. So, like, majority of the of the money I made it in, in the UK mainly because in Brazil it was a good salary as well, but I, I think I spent everything. <laughs> in the UK, the conditions were really good because of circumstances were really good. So, I could save a lot of money during those six years as well. I started to invest and I have, like, a good conditions in, regarding tax as well. Like now it's not so replicable, but at the moment it was, was very good. So, well, that, that, that's my situation. That, that's what it happened. And uh, I think it'd be interesting to compare the UK to Spain in terms of saving and investing vehicles. You said Spain does not encourage you to save, and that's completely true. I've looked at a few numbers, and at the ISA in the UK, you have tax-free, you can invest £20,000. And in Spain, I think it's 8,000 euros. 
and you need a pension plan. You know if that's is that right or or no, as far know. as I know, in Spain is zero. There is no, oh. <laughs> uh, wow. there is no that type of account in, in Spain. The only exception is, I think, the first five thousand five hundred euros in your your tax return every year. That that's exempt mm. of tax, but that's the only thing. And in the UK, you have uh, now. I didn't know. It's now the S is twenty thousand. It started like in three thousand years ago, and, and they are going up and up every year. And then you have like many other advantages, like I think it's 11,000 per year is exempt. It used to be 32,000 in dividends. Now I think it's, it's less. And uh, 7,000 now. Yeah, it was how much? 7,000 now. 7,000, okay. It's a little mm -hmm. bit less. And in capital gains, it used to be like around 10,000 per year. So if you combine all of that, like you end up getting a, a good amount of money and, and you're paying almost zero tax. Uh, in Spain, is there is nothing like that. It used to be 1,500 for the dividends, but they removed that exemption like four years ago or something like that. So now it's, it's nothing. To be honest, it's very, very bad situation in that regard. Yep, that, that sucks. So how how does someone who wants to reach financial independence, how do they save and how do they invest if they want to protect themselves from taxes in Spain? Well, culturally in Spain, just the, the people used to just open like a, a fixed term bond or the other option is to buy a property, like a house or something like that. Uh, traditionally, that's the only two ways. So the majority of people do that or spend everything. <laughs> and But now if you, you research a little bit, you can find some some forums some blogs and things like that. Oh, well, you can save like investing in, in dividends or in, in funds, in ETFs, but there's not so many people doing it that way. There's like a, a lot of aversion and fear uh, regarding the stock market's investments. But yep, that's, that's, that's the way I think it's the only way. That's true. Actually, I, I was doing some research on pensions, and I don't know if you knew this, but Spain does have one of the highest pensions, uh, well, in, in the three or four countries mm -hmm. that were compared, but you can get a maximum of like 538 or 600 euros per week in a pension, whereas the UK maximum is maybe like 150 pounds a week. I don't know if that's true or if maybe that's the reason why the Spanish are not really saving because they think they've got this pension that's waiting for them and they're like, okay, whatever, I can take care of my pension. Yeah, I think the, the pensions are quite high compared to other countries and compared to the UK, I think it's, it's higher. And also the like the minimum pension, I don't know about the highest, I think it could be like, yeah, about like 2,000 per month or something like that. Uh, but the minimum, I think is 700 per month. And that's quite a lot because you here, you just need to, um, to work during 15 years, that's the, the minimum number of years to get a minimum pension. And that's quite a good deal. You work 15 years in the, your whole life and then you get 700 euros per, per month. It's not very high, but if you complement that with investments or things like that, it could be like enough. Well, as you said, the people rely really, really a lot on the, on the public pensions because the amounts are enough to, to live from that. Actually, are, are quite good. Yeah. And in other countries like the UK, it's not that's not the case. So the people need to save on on their own to complement that that's pension, right? So yeah, I agree with that. But also, I think this situation is not sustainable. That's going to change like in the next year. So for people like me, I'm 36 years old. I don't think it's a good idea to rely totally on, on the pension because it's not going to be enough by the time I'm 70. That is maybe when they let me retire. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I don't think relying on the on the government is really a good idea for your future self. I mean, as you said, not only 
will the, the amounts maybe decrease, but also they're forcing you to retire at 70 or, or 65. I don't know what it is yeah. now, but it, that number will probably go up. And so early retirement or financial independence is pretty much not really, yeah, not really something that the, the state helps you to do or encourage you to do. So in that case, would you recommend people to just leave Spain and reach financial independence somewhere else? Or it's, it's going to be easier, I guess. So yeah. would that be a recommendation? That's the, for me, the word that way, it was a really, really good shortcut. I could save much more money uh, by working abroad. And actually, you see that, that the working conditions are, are much better, at least in the UK. Like you work less hours and they treat you better and they pay you more. The country is more expensive, but you can save much more, even if it's more expensive. And, and if you really are focused on saving, you can have very good quality of life and, and save much, much more. You can speed up away to financial independence a lot. So unless you are really, really in love with Spain and, and you really don't want to move from here, Leave. I think it's better to, to, <laughs> to go, to go travel and yeah. go to some other, uh, like first world country, uh, work <laughs> there for, for some years uh, and improve your CV and make some money, learn a lot because that, that experience is going to be very valuable even, even if you return back to Spain and you're going to get better salary when you return to Spain as well. But I think it's, it's, it's a must, yeah. And, and that's pretty much what you did, right? You, you worked abroad, you went to Brazil, you went to the UK. And now, after traveling for three years, you're back in Spain and at home. So yeah, that's pro it worked out at the end, I guess. And you came back, so you yeah, must like yeah, Spain yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah. And and I <laughs> like I could choose any country in the world. And I was like thinking when while I was traveling, like where mm. where do I want to live? And and everything like lead me back to Spain because really? uh, yeah, I think Spain is very good country apart from work. <laughs> it's very good country. It's fairly cheap. Like it's not as cheap as South America or, or Southeast Asia. But as well, you have like a good healthcare system and it's safe. And well, it's my country as well. I understand the culture. And so for a Spaniard, it's a very good place to retire. And also from usually people from the north of Europe, like uh, value a lot the, the sun and the more relaxed vibes. And well, yeah, I think it's a very good country to, to live, but it's not so good country to work, to be honest. Yeah, it's a shame, huh? I yeah. think, uh, anyway, if it was a good country to work, it'd be maybe too perfect and then something else would go wrong. Yeah, so. you can't have everything. You can't have everything, exactly. And so if, if we look at the different ways of reaching financial dependence, you can work uh, at a job or you could also maybe start a business. So I'd be interested, starting a business in Spain also is a pain in the neck, I've heard. <laughs> um, so I was wondering if you know a bit about that and what is it like? I mean, I know you haven't started a business, but just from what you've heard from your friends or from other colleagues, is this something that you would recommend doing or, or is it doable? Is this another way? I mean, maybe maybe the answer is don't get a job in Spain, but maybe you start a business in Spain. What, what do you think? Well, I also, I don't, as you said, I don't have experience myself in starting a business in, in Spain. But, well, as you said, I, for things I can see from, from other people, it's quite a pain in the neck. And as you see the, the rankings, it's one of the worst countries to, to start a business because of the difficulty or the bureaucracy and stuff like that. Really, you have a, an idea and you want to, to make money fast, it could be a, a good way because it's riskier than, than having a job. But yeah, it could be a way. But again, I, I would do it in a different country, to be honest. In the UK, it's super easy to, to start a business and and straightforward. The, the taxes are lower and I don't know, in Spain, it's, it's quite difficult for, for everything, even for starting a business. 
Yeah, that's true. And actually, well, I've got a few few numbers. If you want to be self-employed even, which is not really starting a business, you have to pay the, the tasa de autonomo, which is uh, being self-employed basically. And you have to pay, I think, minimum 250 euros a month just for being self-employed. That's not very, it's kind of counterintuitive. In the UK, you pay zero. Yep. And I remember when I started the, my business, which I've now closed, <laughs> it was just an online thing. In the UK, it cost me, I think, 12 pounds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, in Spain, I mean, I wouldn't even want to start, right? Because it'd be so so complicated. Yeah, it's very difficult. Now there is like a, a flat rate, they say, and I think it's like I, I'm not totally sure, but I think it's 50 euros for the first year or something like that in a period of time. So it's a little bit cheaper, but then you go to what you said to those 250 or something like that. So your business is not working. Uh, you have the uh, the knife on your on your neck, and you're not gonna have time to to recover, right? So it's not very good. So Matthias, have you ever talked about dividend stocks, Estonian companies, or how frugal you are on a first date, or with one of your colleagues? I tried it once with a colleague and he said, dividend what? Aha, uh-huh. do you know, I actually have a retreat that covers this all. Oh, tell me more. So this retreat, it's all about workshops and talks together with like-minded folks who share their knowledge with you. Oh, sounds awesome. Do you have also barbecue, yoga and surfing? And are we able to have a glass of wine? Actually, yes, we do. That's all together combined in Portugal. But the most important question of the day, when is this actually? Will it be in 2019? It's actually in 2019 at 24th of May to 27th at Agave in Portugal, near the ocean. And we have also a pool for people who don't like nature. That actually sounds pretty good. And then where do I find this? Head over to financial-independence.eu slash retreat. That's R-E-T-R-E-A-T. So yeah, winter's shit. Looking forward to it. Definitely. And actually, we interviewed micropreneur Ignacio a few months ago, and he's also Spanish, and he had exactly the same problem. He was self-employed, and he was paying way too much in taxes. And so he went and uh, set up his business in Estonia. I don't know if you've ever thought of that, or if you know anyone who's done that, but uh, instead of setting up his business in in Spain, he set it up in Estonia, and uh, he made sure that, you know, I mean, there are a few things, but the corporate tax rate in Estonia is is still 20%, but it's only when you pay yourself, like you don't pay it, it's much more favorable than in Spain. So, I mean, if you know someone who's uh, thinking of setting up shop in Spain, maybe tell them, you know, Estonia is a better option. Yeah, I think it's the best idea if you have like an online business, like yeah. setting it up in, in Estonia. I have some, one blogger is called Pau Ninja. Uh, he, he tried uh, starting in Bulgaria. The experience was not very good. And now he, he did it in Estonia. And uh, feedback is, is good about Estonia. I think it's more, it's easier to, to do it there. And if you have an online business, of course, yeah. I would do it that way. Yeah, I have think about that for investment, but uh, so far it's not an option for me at the moment. Yeah, I've also looked into that. When you're in a country that makes investing difficult, you could maybe set up um, a company in Estonia and invest through the company. But that's not as more like easier said than done, because then you need to invest in all these brokers and be a company, which can add a lot of complications. But, um, you know, if someone else has tried it out there, please feel free to, to tell us. <laughs> And a third way, obviously, of, of investing or, or uh, accumulating money in Spain would be property. And we've interviewed a few Blue Bricks who's in Barcelona. And what they do is they crowd invest and they go down to Valencia and they, and they buy property and then they sell it. 
Is property something that you've ever touched or tried or what are your kind of thoughts about that? The first thing I thought about was once I was in the UK, I had some money saved and I wanted to do something with it. And as I said, like in the, the culture in Spain, it's like a fixed term bond or to buy property. But at that moment, it was after the, the bubble crisis uh, about property. So I didn't want to do that. And I started with, with uh, stock markets investments and I haven't done like property investment. I, I see some problems with that, like at least for me that I, I like to travel. I'm more like a nomad. So like property investment. You can manage it from, from other places and, and things like that. But I think it needs more your presence in the place to take care of it. So I don't like that part of it. Also, like the investment is quite big, like in just one asset. I also don't like that. I, I prefer to diversify more. So it's not like a type of, of investment I, I like. But many people have done a lot of money with that in Spain. And it's still like the, the main investment for Spaniards. But I'm, I don't like it much, to be honest. Yeah, there, there's something that I love about having this podcast is that nearly every single guest says something completely different. We've had other people who say they love real estate because then they're much more in control. And then a lot of people who say, no, I hate real estate. I, it's too much work. I don't want people, my dividends won't call me in the middle of the night to change the light bulb, you know? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> So it's really, a, yeah, it's a personal choice, but it's interesting. Yeah, in Spain, it's maybe in Barcelona, in a way, it's way too overvalued. So I don't know, would you have any recommendations of areas to go to if, if someone was interested in property investing? What is Salamanca like? Well, I don't know. I can't like give an advice on that, to be honest. I, I'm not an expert in, in that area. Yep, that's fine. But yeah, we have, a, I will link it in the show notes. We have an episode with Blue Bricks who uh, they, they go to Valencia and they, they do that kind of stuff. So... Just this last uh, finishing off between Spain and the UK, uh, what do you think, just to quickly summarize, what are the, the pros and the cons of maybe a Spanish going to the UK to reach financial independence and then maybe coming back to Spain a bit later, just to, to summarize a bit? Well, I think the the jobs are going to be better. You're going to improve your, your English. That's going to be a very good skill. Uh, you're going to be able, despite of what they say that is more expensive, you're going to be able to, to save more because you can uh, grow up faster and, and access to, to better jobs. You can, even if you work like as a contractor, the size uh, could be quite high. But yeah, it's, it's going to be much faster than, than in Spain. That is, is much more difficult. You have to get a lot of responsibility and, and your salary increase is not going to be so high. So in the UK, the, the growth is going to be faster and, and also you have uh, several different vehicles to save without without paying taxes. So in my opinion, it's much faster. It's not just that it's in the UK because I, I think other countries in the north of Europe or maybe you can think about Dubai or, or I don't know, Singapore or Australia. But I think the conditions in, in those countries are, are much better. And I think it's worth to make the investment in learning whatever you need to learn to go there, like improve your English, like change your CV or, or maybe to be far from your family and friends for, for some time and just come back and visit them from, from every three months. I think it's, it's going to worth it. At least it's it worth it for, for me. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Uh, just, uh, yeah, if you're in Spain, maybe you're better off of exploring somewhere else. But honestly, I think that's valuable for anyone, whether it's Spain or the UK or, or any country. It's always nice to live abroad for a bit and work for abroad. <laughs> And going back to yourself, uh, so now you're fin you've been financially independent for three years. You, you retired at 33. 
and you've been traveling around. So that, that's quite exciting. What is your current lifestyle or what is your current, uh, what are your projects? How are you thinking of putting financial independence to use? I should say. Well, my project after after traveling was to create some a bit of routine because I was uh, kind of tired of uh, of the cycle. I had the cycle of traveling that is more like to go with the flow, uh, to not have any routine, and, and every day is different. But now I was missing like the routine type, and I, I was missing that to to be able to work in deeper in projects. So I started here in in Barcelona to create that and to learn and to prove. Uh, Parts of my my lifestyle, like like I started to to learn more about Buddhism, meditation. I started to learn Russian as well. I want to to improve a little bit with, with languages. I also started with my blog. That was like is my my main project right now. Now, well, that, that's I want to share more about financial independence in Spain and and also, but focusing more in not so much in the investment side that is like what i you can find in the majority of the blogs but more in like the mindset part of the of the theme because i think financial independence is more about the, the mindset it's important to make money of course and it's important to to know how to invest it to get a salary but the i think the, the 75 percent of the job is to have the the right mindset because there are a lot of emotional challenges in this path so i want to to talk more about that that's my main project now to work with the with the blog. Now I had to to stop it for three months because I had some some personal problems, but I will undertake it again very soon. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And how are you thinking of spreading the message to Spanish people or, or Spanish young people? Or is it just going to be the blog? Or I mean, obviously I've been to one of your meetups, but uh, or how do you think we can spread the message a bit better to all these people in in Spain who obviously need it a bit more financial education? As you said, like the, the blog is, is the first, like, I don't know, the common place to spread the message. But I also started with the, with the meetups. It, it's not uh, easy. It takes some time because, as I said, the, the culture here is not very, very much about investment and savings. So it's, I think it's difficult to change the, the, the mind of the people. I don't know, to, to create community and, and talk about money and investment in a in an open way. Like there is no, without taboos and, and try to break those wrong ideas that I think there are like in the, in the whole society of Spain. It's like, I think we are really behind from the mindset in the US, for example, in, in this regard. So it's important, like, like, I encourage everyone like you. I'm very happy to find people like you that are trying to spread the message as well. So far for me, it's like about, uh, using the, the meetups and the blog, but I, I want to explore more more ways. Yeah, maybe a, a podcast. A, a podcast, podcast, yeah. They're writing a book and <laughs> yeah, I don't know, exactly. go to the schools. Let's say if once this start to grow, maybe they start to call us from the schools to talk about this. Who knows? <laughs> No, no, yes. Uh, Nicolás, who is a friend of mine who lives in Valencia, he's talking at a university next week about investing. So it's it's going to happen. You'll see. It's just we slowly have to spread the message. And there are a few meetups and uh, events. I'm going to link them in the show notes, such as the La Piedra. No, como se, uh, what's the name of the that big event organized by José Ángel? Ah, Objetivo 2035. Ah, yes, exactly. Objetivo 2035. I'll link that in the show notes for anyone who's interested. But there are people, there is a movement going on and it's slowly growing. Yep. It's just, you know, getting it to the right people, to the students, to the young adults, you know, and that's the hardest part. And we're, we're, we're having that in the UK everywhere, really. It's just, you need to get the minds of the young 
Okay, that is all. Thank you very much, Jesus. We're going to go for the standard questions now. Are you ready for that? Yeah. <laughs> so question number one, where can we find you online? Well, my, my blog is alfinlibre.net, A-L-F-I-N-L-I-B-R-E.net. Mm -hmm. As I say, like it's quite young blog, but uh, I, I wanna keep uh, posting and, and make the project grow and, and sharing everything that is in my mind about financial independence and as well uh, about uh, personal freedom in general. To be honest, yeah, awesome. I actually, yeah, I quite like your blog. It's quite clean. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. A second question: What is one resource not well known that you would recommend to others? It could be a blog, a podcast, a book, etc. Well, I, I was uh, going to, to talk about the, the book from Hossam, but maybe it's, it's well known already. It's, no, it's no, called, I, I don't no. know it. No, you don't know it. But it's, no. it's like it's called "Cómo hacerse rentista." Is the is the the book from Hosan that is the guy? Well, the, the objetivo 2035 is not just himself, but I think it's one of the most uh, mediatic figures there. Uh, his book is based an introduction, I would say, about uh, financial independence, but it's in Spanish. I'm sorry for the English speakers, but it's quite easy to read and he has a, a very good sense of humor. And I think it's a very, very good approach for first timers to financial independence. And I want to recommend another resource for, for English speakers. I don't know if it's well known or not, but I really, really like this podcast that is called The Voluntary Life from Jake Desilas. And it's a really, really, it's a, a jewel. I think it's very, very good uh, information there. Really, this guy is very smart um, and I have learned a lot from, from this podcast, to be honest. Awesome. We're, we're going to put those in the in the show notes. Uh, Josan is very cool. I, I like his blog too, which I'll add. And the way he writes is very, for me, it's in Spanish, so but still it's very narrative and well-written. So it's going to add that. And our third question is, what is your number one actionable tip for someone to get started on their path to FI, whether in Spain or wherever? Well, I, I think the most important thing, just, just to start, is to measure because uh, you can't improve anything if you don't measure it. So I, that's the first thing you, you have to do, to know where you are and, and to know how to improve it, you need to measure. So the first thing, I, the first tip or recommendation I, I give is like start to measure your spending, start to measure your net wealth, how much you have, where you have it, and do it regularly. And just by doing that, you're going to challenge yourself to improve those numbers because we don't know, actually, if you don't measure it, we, we think we don't spend much and blah, blah, blah. But really, you 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 will be very surprised if you to do it properly, how much you spend and, and you find out uh, things that you really thought you were not spending on and you can remove actually and save more. And, and on the other side, if you have you measure every month or every week how much you have and how much money is there in a in an account that is not giving you any interest, that's gonna trigger you to put that money to to work, right? So I think that's the first thing to to start the process. Yep. What gets measured gets managed, right? Yep. So uh, yeah, that's all for today. Thank you very much, Jesus. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you this Sunday. If not, well, no. But um, yeah, it's been a pleasure, and we hope uh, Spanish listeners have have taken some interesting info from here. So thank you. Thank you for having me here. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this: subscribing to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. 
All the mentioned articles, books, and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.